Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is a Takes Tuesday with Robbie Triano. He has got some takes about a loaded Big 12 Conference weekend. Can Texas win the league? Kansas State, where's the love? Where is Baylor right now as well? All those and more coming up. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Joining us today is Robbie Triano. Before we get going, make sure you all subscribe to the channel. We have gotten over 2K subscribers trying to keep this thing rolling. Yeah, we're going to go for 2,500 by sometime in October. So I keep the push going right now. We're heading towards 2,100. Goal is 2,500, so keep that up. All right, Robbie, you come to us every Tuesday with takes. I like this because, number one, it's not like I'm not doing work, but I kind of get to kind of get to sit back and hear your thoughts. And as somebody, if you guys don't know, Robbie works at SiriusXM. Robbie plans out a three-hour show around the Big 12 every single day, so infinitely more impressive than our measly 20 to 30 minutes. So Robbie's got plenty uh, of ammunition, plenty to talk about. So I just like to sit here and let Robbie do all the work, and I can react. So, Robbie, the floor is yours. What takes do you have this week? We have a lot of good takes because week two was awesome for the Big 12 Conference. And honestly, the Big 12, I thought, really, really, really showed out. Even in their losses, I thought that they showed out as well, um, obviously with Texas and Baylor. Uh, those are very close games against, obviously, very, very good teams. But where I want to lead, and I think you're probably going to get a lot of bad comments about this, so sorry for the people who are subscribing to this YouTube channel. But I really think the biggest takeaway from week two was the performance of the Texas Longhorns. Yes, they did not win, but they looked incredibly improved on a lot of different things. We saw Quinn Ewers show some amazing talent. He was exceptional for that. Yes, he got hurt, so that may hurt them down the road. But there's a lot of other things I thought that were very improved. And the biggest thing is defensively. I thought they looked like a completely different team that we saw last year, even in terms of tackling. Like they were hitting their, their they were making their tackles. Obviously, the late game miss sack was was the biggest one they didn't. But I thought that they would just played unbelievable all game. They were getting to the quarterback. It's clear that they had the right game plan. I thought that Texas proved that they can win the Big 12 this season. And when you look at the rest of the conference, Baylor lost to BYU, and it's clear there are some things that need to be worked on at Baylor, and we we will talk about that later. Oklahoma, I don't know what I can take from these first two games, but I know that scoring uh, not as many – they did not have a great first half against Kent State. So that is a beatable team. And you go to Oklahoma State, they, sh- they, looked, they looked good, but they also haven't faced very, very good competition yet. Texas went up to number one Alabama and sh- and almost won the damn thing. So for me, my biggest takeaway from the weekend is when it comes to the Big 12 race, I think we have to put Texas there, and I think they deserve it. Yeah, so there's a few things that I, w- I want to touch on. Number one, the, the, the talk for a long time is that Texas has the same talent, or Texas has always had talent. And when I talked about them potentially winning the Big 12 earlier in the offseason, I kind of backed away from that because I hated the injury, uh, the two injuries they had with, with Nayor and then on the offensive line today, I won. Um, and now, I mean, they're, they're banged up here too. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, the level of talent they have this year 
is different than what they've had in the past, especially the quarterback spot. Like I, we love Sam Ellinger. We get so much mileage out of the we're back thing. He was a really good college quarterback. What Quinn Ewers gave them the other day, Robbie, was the ability to actually attack Alabama at every single part of the field, right? They were able to go out wide. They were able to go deep up the seam. They, I mean, they were hitting every single part of the field, which is something they have not had at that quarterback position. I thought both offensive and defensive lines held up and made a pretty good acquittal of themselves. And also, I think the running backs deserve a lot of credit. Those guys were in the line of fire all day trying to help blocking on the edge, though they did a really good job with that. And so we saw it like with skill position players too. They've got the level of talent where they can they can compete. The big thing now is for them depth and learning how to win, right? A, a lot's already being made of the moral victory. Some of it I think is within their ability to control, some of it not so much. So they have the t- the, the the thing that's funny about this to me is like I, I was surprised with the performance too. I'm not going to say I w- I'm surprised that they've got the talent to win the Big 12. That's there. But the one thing, Robbie, that we're seeing with this, and this happens all the time when you play Alabama, happened when Texas played them in 09. That's a violent football team. Like, the amount of injuries that we're seeing coming out of the game, th- there's a reason for that. Sure, there were, so, there were a lot of cheap shots. I'm not going to say that there weren't. I thought Texas on defense, like, held they, they did hold up physically. Actually, the offensive line held up physically, too. But like you're hearing about so many skill position guys for Texas, man. I mean, they're they're a little they're a little sore coming, and, and they should be. But my concern now is, as much as I have concerns for the other teams in the league, Texas is, and this is actually a good concern to have. Like, can you maintain and can you stay healthy? Right? Can can this team maintain that level of intensity? A terrific game plan. You're t- completely right. I thought the way they handled it both offensively and defensively was fantastic. Um, the maintenance now, and also the maintenance in terms of injuries. Like we talked about the B. John Robinson thing too. I'm kind of ranting here about this play. Remember we talked about it is the right plan to give B. John Robinson the rock. Well, how guess what? B. John Robinson's a little, he's hurt now. He's, he's a little he's on the injury report. He's banged up. Here's, he'll still play, but it just goes to show you like number one, playing Alabama's tough. And number two, they've got to spread the ball around. They got to, they got to do what they did last week in some different ways to make sure this thing can kind of keep going the way it did. So I'm with you. I think now my concern is maintaining that level of play and preparation and also the injuries. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest one is with Quinn Ewers and obviously Hudson Carr at the the end of that game did not look very, he was clearly hobbling. And I mean, he was so gutsy in that game. Like I, I give him so much credit, obviously like their offense wasn't as good, but they were able to march down the field and get some points by field goals. Like I give Hudson card some credit and like Bijan necessarily didn't have the best game on the ground. I think he averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Like Alabama's defense was very, very good in Texas. Like, like Quinn Ewers to me is very interesting because it's so clear after however long he played, what was it like less than a half? He just, you could just tell things were different. His connections to people, the way him and Xavier Worthy were able to work, even I thought Jordan Whittington had such a good game. He is such a key player in that. There offense. was a sequence where they went to him like like it was like three or four straight yeah. times. It felt like they they were on that left side, and he was having a lot of success. Unbelievable, and it's like really discouraging because we want to see him perform. And I think 
a lot of Texas's success this season will have to come with Quinn Ewers because I cannot trust Hudson Card to go through the entire Big 12 slate and win a championship in this league. I think Quinn Ewers can do that. And apparently he will be out until the Oklahoma game. I believe it's I believe that is the timetable for him. So the games until then, UTSA, I'm not going to put that. I, I think Texas will win, but I think that will be a closer matchup than some think. You go at Lubbock, which I think is actually a sneaky, hard It becomes game really right tough now. now. It's become a lot yeah. tougher the last couple of weeks. I really like Texas's defense, so I think they will take care of it there. But then you're home at West Virginia. And honestly, if you can go through those three games unscathed and like you can have Quinn Ewers back, that is really, really, really great news for Texas. Uh, but, but for me, they proved that, yes, depth is getting worse because of, of injuries. But for me, I think they proved – that they can they can win the Big 12 championship. They have the players on offense, and now they have a competent defense. And obviously, they they showed it against the best team in the country, best quarterback in the country. Yeah, and also what's interesting here is the quarterback thing is a big question mark because how how good to go is Hudson Card, right? Um, and and I believe you and I were talking yesterday. I don't Malik Murphy is injured as well. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So this, Steve Sarkeesian said that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, what's really funny is he listed he listed Quinn Ewers as day to day, which I thought was great. Um, I mean, we, like, come on now. I I, I saw him in a sling. I yeah, said, right, you're not right, day to day. Right. Like he and he, you can tell he's a lot of pain. Um, mm-hmm. So how good is how how good is Card? Is Murphy coming back? We don't know. Uh, I mean, they they there is a there is a very good possibility that I think the fourth guy in their depth chart is uh, Charles Wright who is a redshirt freshman from Texas. So there's, I mean, there's a chance that we're from Austin a chance we see him this week. Um, so a lot more coming on Texas and this is a big week. And I'm sure Robbie will re- we'll revisit Longhorns next week, you know, as much to check in on the game as like, all right, who was out there? Who, who yeah. was actually playing for Texas on Saturday? Hey everyone. Quick word from the sponsors on today's show. Today's locked on big 12 podcast is brought to you by the folks at bet online and betonline.net whether it's college football pro football baseball basketball boxing mma nascar f1 all that stuff's going on right now you guys can bet on it bet online and betonline.net yes you said it's a basketball euro league bet on that you guys can go over there at betonline and betonline.net all the scores odds news and podcasts that you could want it's the fastest and easiest way to get your sports action fixed and college ball season's back, so obviously you guys should get in on it right now. You can bet on Deuce Vaughn to win the Heisman. It's like plus 10,000 right now. He has the same odds as John Rice Plumley. So go jump on Deuce Vaughn to win the Heisman Trophy or whatever bet that you like over at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Uh, all right, what's next? Take number two. These next two takes kind of have to go with the same game that I saw. But first, let's start with the positive. I think Kansas football is much must-watch TV in this conference, 100%. I don't care what you think about them, what the history says. They are must-watch TV. I think Jalen Daniels has been my favorite player in this league to watch it all. And we talked about it last week. That was a great performance against Tennessee Tech. And then you go on the road. To West Virginia after they just had a terrible loss. It's clear they had some motivation behind them. And you win in overtime and you score 55 points. 
against West Virginia, a, a, a defensive front we think can be top five in the league. Dante Stills is a beast. And the fact that you can do this, I don't know who in the league is not interested about the Kansas Jayhawks story right now. And the over-under is two and a half. You already had two. You have 10 more chances to get one more <laughs> win. I mean, they've got 10 chances to hit their over. Like, we, I cannot say enough good things. They look like a competent team. Their offense is inspired. They have these skill players like Devin Neal. It's exceptional to watch. Their play calling is awesome. Like awesome. I remember one play in the game, like Devin Neal is taking the snap. It's a fake, and he goes in for a touchdown. It's amazing what they can do. And the fact that they are pulling off wins this early, I don't know if you're a Kansas fan, how you can be more excited about the Lance Leipold era. You just had to go through – Whatever you had to watch with a Les Miles, watch a sleeping man coach your team. And now you can actually be excited to watch football every week. Not only excited, but the hope that you can win. That is amazing. And the it, it, I think they are the must-watch team in the conference. And it's a shame that they're going to be on ESPN+. Plus. I get it. They do not have the name recognition right now. They need to earn that. But if you're a Big 12 fan, you should be tuning into Kansas every single week. Well, to go along with that, I mean, so what's interesting, and I think this, this will be like the case of them all year, they appear to be the most old school Big 12 of all these teams. They're, I'm not sure their defense probably isn't very good, but what was the what was kind of the the way we approached the old Big 12, Robbie? Okay, you, if your defense isn't that good, create turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. And they actually have. I think they've had interception in both games so far, and obviously they have the walk off pick six, right? So they've got guys, you know, like Alani Phelps off the edge who's been fantastic. Obviously, Kenny Logan in the back end is really good. And you saw Bryant last week, make that play. You know, I, I think a lot of questions are like, okay, how good is that defense going to be? Cause they did get, they got shredded. I mean, JT Daniels carved them up, but look, it forced the offense to go. And what did the offense do? They, they went really interesting stuff. Dana Holgerson this week compared um, he's comparing, preparing for Kansas to preparing for Navy because KU brought out a lot of option type shotgun option type stuff in their game because look, they've got some decent wide receivers. Think Skinner might be pretty good, but that's not the strength of their team. It's going to be running the football is is what the strength of this team is. I I just, we talked about being excited about these guys, Robbie, but I thought it was a sense of like, okay, they're going to, they've got some good players. They've got good running games. They're going to try to slow these games down. No, they scored 110 points. I know it's not defensive. I think each game they've got, they've got the special teams are defensive, but I mean, they scored 21 points in the second quarter alone. Like th- this team is, they've got the opportunity to put up numbers and, you know, they're a live dog on the road against Houston this week. They're 10 point underdog, but they're a live dog four o'clock ESPNU. Like that I- I'm looking at the schedule. I know we always love, we love Oklahoma, Nebraska. We get so much love. And obviously this week too, we've got Texas tech and NC state, which is big. I mean, I'm more. I'm just as excited for KU Nebraska, uh, KU Houston, as I am any other game this week. I, th- I think you're right. They're they are must watch because we're kind of waiting. Okay, how serious are we? Right, we got to win against West Virginia. Okay, it's very some serious concerns there. I know you're gonna get mm-hmm. to that, but like, it's 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 fun to watch. It's 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 really fun to watch. And we talked to Jalen Daniels on Big Twelve Radio on yeah. Sirius XM, and I wa- I came away from that interview so impressed the way he is able to speak the maturity that he has. I, I, I really think he could start at any big 12 team. I think, I think he could, I think he is exceptional. I think he's a great leader and he has so much talent passing and running the football. I think he is such, such a beast. 
And it's funny that we talk about how like they may not they this may be the old school Big 12 team with defense. It's it's so funny to say that because they <laughs> for the for the first and second weeks in the Big 12, they have had the Big 12 defensive players of the week. In week one, they had Lonnie Phelps Jr. And last week they had Kobe Bryant, who obviously sealed the game for them. It's right. just it's it's crazy to think that Kansas could be in that consideration at all for defensive player of the week. And they've yeah. done it two weeks in a row in a league where you have Oklahoma with Brent Venables and a league where you have Baylor and a league where you have Oklahoma state. It's if you're watching Kansas, you need a two in or you're, you're, you're going to be too late. I, I promise you. So I, I assume your next one is on the flip side with one Neil Brown and West Virginia, West Virginia. Correct. Yeah. And as much as we want to praise Kansas for being great, they are still the Kansas Jayhawks. They have the reputation of easy W on the board. They are the bingo. They are the free spot in bingo. That that used to be them. They had that reputation. And then in week one, Neil Brown loses to his rival. PR wise or whatever visual this looks like, this is a terrible look for Neil Brown. You come out against Pitt, you lose, you're close. You make this apology video and then you go out and you lose to Kansas at home, you're celebrating Bob Huggins in overtime, and you you drop 55 points to them. I don't know how Neil Brown recovers from this, and the only saving grace that he has is that he has a big buyout and a contract extension. If you're a West Virginia fan, what one thing can you point at and be like, he's our guy because of this? You can say, you know, he's recruiting great, but when it comes to the grand scheme of the Big 12, he's not top three. He's he's not doing that. You you Why exactly... If you're a West Virginia fan, do you still want Neil Brown? You can ask anybody in the media, anybody. He's a great guy. He's an amazing person. He does things the right way, and I believe that. But I can also say it's not going well. There are too many late-game situations that are handled poorly. There are too many times it is a close game and you don't win. At what point do you do that? And I just don't see it happening. JT Daniels, absolute stud. I've been loving watching him play. Bryce Ford Wheaton, the best wide receiver in the Big 12 this season. Statistically, he is. And when you watch him, he is. They have the talent to win. I think that some of these things are just pure coaching. I think they're just blunders that are happening. And congrats, Neil Brown. You got a contract extension a couple years ago, and it's probably going to save your job. Yeah, I'm with you on the saving the job part. You know, you know what's really unfortunate is how good JT Daniels was the other day. But the fact that his one mistake killed them, and that's the problem. They were They were in a place – where they played really well. Uh, they ran for, they didn't run fantastic, uh, but they still had both their guys, uh, Mathis and Donaldson combined for like 200, two touchdowns. And they went over hundred yards. I think um, the, the thing for them is, and he threw the ball over the yard. Like you shouldn't be in a spot where JT Daniels, one mistake kills you. And that's really the problem. And um, look, they might pull a couple good wins this year. Like they've got, they're going to have opportunities to do it. Cause the schedule is good. Right. Cause you play a lot of good big 12 teams. I was not on them from the start of the season. I just, I just did not have much faith in what I thought this team would be. And it's kind of coming to fruition, which is the sad part, but you know, it's like they're up 14, nothing. They're up 14, nothing in this game. And that just got absolutely torched. And um, that's unacceptable against a team that's, you know, that that's you're at home in a game. You really need to win to get your season on the right track. They've got Towson next and they're going to Virginia tech on a Thursday night. So like, that game is big. It can turn this, it could turn the season around for them. It really could. I think that's the nice part. The, the other thing is they're also staring potentially one and three down the barrel. 
I mean, that's that that game is a huge game to decide. All right, how is this West Virginia season going to go? Because one and three entering Big 12 play with Kansas off the schedule already, right? The game, Kansas at home off the schedule. You already lost one home Big 12 team. That's bad. So I, I'm with you there, Robbie. It's, it's, uh, we all like, like Neil Brown, but everybody loved Matt Wells too. Like, 100%. Another good guy award. <laughs> but, I, but that, that contract, I, I think they should keep him. I think they should keep him because I mean, should he be the coach anymore, coaching wise? No, but you're not Nebraska, right? You can't just swallow an extra $7 million a few weeks earlier. You're not getting a $100 million check from the Big Ten. You don't have the, the boosters that that school does. I mean, we're all facing that, right? Matt Campbell might get poached from Iowa State for that very reason. You know, it's kind of the reality of West Virginia that they, they might have to keep him. Now, he could fight his way out of it, Robbie. That's, that, that's the other part of this. That gives Neil Brown maybe another, you know, what? Was he have 20 games or so maybe to fight his way out of this now? Yeah. Um, it's not looking good for them. And think about it. If they lose to Virginia Tech and they come out a non-conference plus a game at Kansas at, at one and three, I, I don't see how – I think they would have to eat that. There's no way a fan is going to continue to support this guy. $16 million, I, though? I mean, that's a lot. It's it's that first of all, why are we giving contract extensions if your coach hasn't accomplished anything? Right. Really? Right. I, I agree. Like you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, he looked good. Here's money. Uh, so I wouldn't do that. But if you think about the race for the big 12 and this may be a very overreaction, but I don't think it's a hot take to say that West Virginia can be the 10th team in the conference this year. And that's a damn shame because JT Daniels is awesome. I think he's been so much fun to watch and they have the talent. There's no way they should be losing these games. I understand Pitt makes sense. I get it. Pitt is good. You're technically at their place. They could have beat Pitt. I mean, Pitt, we saw this week, Pitt is not a well-managed group. Right. Like, Pat Narduzzi did a horrible job this past week with that game. They, they could have beaten them. Now, Bryce Forwheaton's mistake is there, but also you have the, the late coaching blunder, too. Like, it's funny. They've had two mistakes from arguably, I'd say, two of their three best players that have cost them games. But it's kind of like mm, th- these didn't have to be as close as they were. Maybe Pitt, you could argue, could have. But I think there are some places where they could have won that game maybe without, you know, the, the mistakes didn't have to cost them the actual game too. Yeah. I Like, once again, I like Neil Brown. He's nice to talk to. But that, that's the thing everything is going – everybody is going to say. But, like, you haven't shown me anything that is enough for me to be like, you are the future of this program. It's like, yay, we almost beat Oklahoma. Okay, it, it's 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 not enough. I need to see more from the rest of the season, or I have I just don't I cannot put faith into you at all. All right, what's next? Take number four. Let's go to the Baylor BYU game because when it came to, I've I've been high in Baylor. I picked them to win the conference. This game not didn't exactly shake how I feel about them in terms of I still think they are in the running for the Big Twelve title. I still think that's a thing. But I think Blake Shapin did not exactly show, or that offense showed, it can be what they wanted. You know, they got rid of Gary Bohannon, or they chose for him not to be the starter because they wanted to go more vertical. They want to go down the field a little bit more. That just didn't necessarily happen in this game. I I credit BYU's defense because he was getting under attack. But, I mean, 28 attempts, 16 completions, average of 4.9 yards. That's just that's just not a good sign at all for them. And I trust their offense. I trust Jeff Grimes. 
But when I look at Baylor's offense, that was our big concern this year. Who are the playmakers for this team? How are they going to look? And that was the game where it's like, oh, against an Oklahoma, against an Oklahoma State, hell, even a Texas now. Will we see the Blake Shaben at BYU or will we see him do what he did against Albany or some things he did against Oklahoma State? So Blake Shapin, I think he he's not completely there yet, and that's fine. When he comes to Big 12 play, we need to see him there. But I'm not down on Baylor, but Blake Shapin is not the quarterback we thought yet. You know, Robbie, I'm going to take a victory lap on this. Um, I, I, I kind of saw this playing out the way it did now. The one thing I, I will say, I think they – so you make the decision to go to Blake Shapin, right? That needs to be reflected in the in the game plan. I don't – I didn't feel like they took enough shots in that game. I agree. They were – you know, they were really committed to running the ball. They ran – I guess to take out the Shapin, I'm not sure actually how many carries comes out. They ran the ball 48 times if you take out Shapin stuff. I mean – 48 times like that was like all the overtime i was like what are you doing yeah what it's are like, you doing and like so three yard this, gain three yard gain and then it's like third and long it's like why we have my thing playing out um i i, I was thinking like this game was going to be the learn i called the learning loss and i think i think because they're so good like they're going to start taking more shots i guarantee you they will i don't know if it's necessarily just a reflection on him though i want to mention this because once again, like this isn't a really experienced wide receiver core outside of Ben Sims. I mean, Ben Sims had the most catches four for 30 and a touchdown, but like they've got, you know, um, they, they've got a, a good collection of guys that are young though, that are really not, really not uh, super proven. And so I think this was game was a good learning experience for them. I actually thought their defense played really well. I think there was a little bit of going back and forth, but um, I, I thought their defense given the circumstances like played played uh played admirably although they did get uh they they did allow that against the run they were fantastic they made jaron hall the passing offense beat them without gunner romney and puka nakua um and they did so look this was but you know we say this robbie they were still in this game on the road in this spot so i think that you're totally right but i feel pretty validated so far like this team in november i could totally see them being the group that we think they could be but I think people thought saw them in that light kind of as a more finished product earlier on, right? I, I think there was too much projecting of what they were last year and what they could be. And we kind of said, all right, that's what they are now. I think Oklahoma State's got a little bit of the same thing happening to them right now. Like they're number eight in the country. I've watched them play twice and like at no point was like, man, this is number eight team in the country. So I think Baylor went through the same thing. And, and look, I don't think this loss is a bad thing. It's not in conference play. And I expect them to fix it. And I expect them to take some more shots downfield and not, not just run the football, just keep running it over and over and over and over again, whether it's successful or not. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think this team will be just fine, but a concerning stat. If you're a Baylor fan, you may want to close, close your ears. Okay. Since Dave Aranda has been the head coach at Baylor, they are three and eight in road games. That's not great. The wins that you have Texas state, Kansas, in Kansas State. So two of those I would say are gimme games. Kansas State, you can you can pick your poison there. We talked about this a lot about Baylor's schedule. Here are the games on the road. At Iowa State, that's that's not going to be easy. At West Virginia, might be easy. Texas Tech. That that we are proven that is going to be difficult and that is somewhat of a rivalry game. 
at Oklahoma, at Texas. Baylor, you better fix this. this yeah, I mean, coming soon. Are they I favored mean, against Iowa State? You think that game's this Saturday? Are they favored? I don't think so. I think uh, that, that's on the twenty fourth. Um, but uh, yeah, they got Texas. You know, State I'm saying this if, weekend. But if that game were this weekend, I mean, do you think they'd be favored? Oh, I think that I think they would be favored. Um, I think, they, this, I think this, Iowa State would be. I think I think Iowa State would be favored. But you're, it goes to the point. Like, I mean, that's a that's a really awful road schedule for them. I still need to see Iowa State versus a competent quarterback. That's I right. like you, they played Iowa. Like I understand that's good, but they yeah. they they need to they need to play a real team. But I mean, Baylor, you're fine. I loved your defense. I think you have a great head coach, great staff. We need to see more from this offense, and you you just have to work the kinks out. And don't don't yeah. worry, just be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, everything's fine. It'll, and I think I think that's my message too. It's fine, but it's just gonna take a little bit longer to get there than we thought. Um, by the way, the ratings for this game were awesome. Uh, so, oh my god, yeah, Can we talk mean, about that for a second. Yeah, Go let's ahead. do this. So, two point four million people, I think, was the ratings. And guess what? It was the ten p.m. slot. So, and I think Robbie, the upshot here really is too. This is a future conference game. That did that number. So that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of like all you need to do there is like, all right, a future big 12 game. And also I'm not sure about you, Robbie, but man, it, it was a pretty exhausting day. It was fun. I had an awesome day, but the big 12 is going to make sure they stagger a little bit. Like, you know, they, um, because, Oh my God, we were watching from noon until two o'clock in the morning. There was big 12 and there was never a second where Big 12 football was not on. It was on all, I mean, as soon as the Texas game ended, I was watching Texas Tech and I was watching Iowa State. We went from there and, and that Kansas game started in the middle of that. And Oklahoma then started during that. And then Oklahoma State was going on during that. And then we go to the late window and you get BYU and uh, BYU and, and Baylor kicked off before the end of the Oklahoma State game. And then you had that till two o'clock. I, I loved it. It was fantastic. But oh my God, it was overwhelming. Yeah, it was like, I understand it is amazing for the conference and shout out Bob Bowlesby for getting BYU because this is just like an amazing move because one, their fan base was just so incredible during that game. There's like, it it looked so awesome there and I can't wait for those people to be in the conference, but to have that, to have this game be as late and rate as it did, that is, that is awesome. And that is clear what the big 10 is doing. They want that late night window. It, it, It is clear that it works. You want the late nights, but you also need to have a good game there. And the fact that BYU is a good team and they will be facing good teams if they're home at night, that is great, great, great news for the conference. And it, it makes me feel happy about the direction where the Big 12 is going. Uh, and also, I just think like BYU, when they get into the Big 12, like I think I underestimated them. I think they could be a top five team in the conference. They, Kalani Sataki is a great coach and they got right. dudes. Absolutely. They had. They, I think it was important they won this game though because if they didn't, Robbie, that'd be twice that Baylor dropped them, and then you're starting at home and away, and and the first one was pretty comprehensive. Then you're starting to question. All right, you know, not that we make the wrong move, but like, where are we going to be once we enter the Big Twelve? But I'll tell you this: BYU now is going. I'm, I'm not sure they like it or not, but they're going to get a lot of their games are going to be at ten o'clock. Um, yeah. you just had a game that rated two point four million people watched it at 10 p.m. Eastern time, your game seventh is Seventh most going. viewed game in the country. Seventh most views. Yeah. In, behind and, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Kentucky, Florida. Those are huge brands. And the right. fact that this game was number seven at the latest window possible, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. 
Yeah. Um, at the time that it occurred, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. All right. So what is your last take? My last take, it's just more of a gripe because I've said this before in this podcast and I'll say it again. I don't think a team has basically beat down on their opponents more than Kansas state. I think Kansas state has looked great this year. Obviously South Dakota is a game that you wish Adrian Martinez did more, but they won 34 to nothing. And then they play Missouri, an SEC team, and they went 40 to 12, an old rival. And the fact that you can do this, my my biggest take, why the hell isn't Kansas State rated at all in the AP? Not yeah, at all. Be ranked. In, fact, be ranked. in fact, they were they were like technically 32nd when it came to if you tallied everything. What are we doing here? I understand Adrian Martinez hasn't shown much as a passer. This offense has been good. Deuce Vaughn has been one of the most electric players in the country this league in this this year in, in the league and in college football. And their defense has been stellar. I think their defense may be the best in the entire conference. You can say Kansas State Dark Horse. I want to puke every time I hear a national pundit say it. But you can, you have to remove that now. They are a team that can win the Big 12. They're a team that should be making noise. There's no way that there's 25 other teams better than them at all. I think Kansas State is a legit team. And the fact they used this to an SEC team and not a lot of credit from everyone in the national media, what are we doing? Robbie, I think there's a good chance that they are Oklahoma State or Baylor from last year because those teams, their offenses were pretty questionable. They had some playmakers, but, I mean, Kansas State has gotten the playmaker. Also, Phil uh, Phil, um, Phil Brooks and Malik Knowles are legit playmakers too. We saw it again. The, I think like that, when I watched this team – I've mentioned it last week, and I, I said, I, you know, I was talking about, it. okay, at some point they're going to be forced to have Adrian Martinez throw it. Sure, fine. But, like, is that going to come as fast as we think it is? I mean, their defense is – I was I was watching it because, I, you know, I was, I was wearing my Missouri stuff last week. People were upset with me for that, but I just support my team. Those guys were all over the field, all over the place. They're, they were flying the football. They tackle well together. They finished plays, and I was so impressed with the way that that group looked. And it made me think, if they can hold the ball, and, and look, you know, Martinez passing, eventually it will. Push will come to shove. It's just a matter of how, like, how high can you take it before that's, that push will come to shove, right? I mean, they can take this thing probably pretty far without really having to test him. He threw a, a couple nice passes early. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to, don't want to get it twisted, but. They um, they I mean that running game is ridiculous with those two. It is dynamic, and Martinez is very good on the ground. He's a really good runner, and Deuce Vaughn is about as consistent as it gets. This team very much reminds me of Baylor or uh, Oklahoma State from last year. I think their defense has a chance to be that good, and they're just so well rounded too. They got I mean those guys were tackling their asses off the other day, and I was so impressed by it. And I think you're right because Texas Alabama was happening. Now we didn't watch them force four consecutive turnovers. Now the results weren't great after that. They got like 12 or 16 points from it, whatever it was to be finishing drives better. But yeah, man, I mean, this team's got a real good shot and Oklahoma, they, they got Nebraska this week, but man, that game in Norman in two weeks. Ooh boy. It's eight o'clock game on Fox. Kansas State will be ranked. Kansas State, I mean, they're going to be a really difficult team to put away because of how good that defense is and how well. And they've, I mean, they got they've yeah. got maybe the best running back uh, you know playing right now in the country. I mean, Deuce Vaughn to me is somehow his Heisman odds haven't gone up. 
but he delivered 100 plus yard 100 plus yards in his last in the last two games he played and scored uh, I think what two touchdowns about I mean this guy is he's he's like the star of stars in this league yeah and a, a thing about Deuce I, I noticed late in the game Kansas State is clearly winning late in the game I think they were up by like 30 points maybe high 20s at this point in the fourth quarter and Deuce Vaughn is in the game. And I think every other coach in the league would be like, all right, get you out. We want to keep you healthy. It's clear we have this in the bag. And they kept feeding him the rock up the middle every time. Robbie, they I- might have some other motivations for that. There might be a um, a Heisman campaign that right. the marketing folks at Kansas State are going to be behind. And look, I, I like the fact they want that. I mean, I, I want – like nothing's going to put that school on the map more than giving him the football as many times as possible. And I think Chris Kleiman knows that too. And another point too, and it was really interesting because we had Deuce Vaughn on last week and we were talking about the Chris Kleiman off, not Chris Kleiman, uh, Colin Klein offense. And he was like, I didn't realize I need to get up to speed condition wise with it because we go at a faster pace and I am running the ball a lot so he was like I have to learn to do that and I really think like besides the pride thing I think the reason he was in that game so late is because in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma or against any of these teams they're going to need him to be at the full strength full stamina and to to be able to sustain a full game getting the rock 20 30 times a game I thought that was very very interesting that he was still doing it they did not need him there Obviously, I, I think I, another point, DJ Giddens, I think he's a surprise player. I think he's looked very good. Obviously, he's in somewhat garbage time situations, but I think it's very interesting how they're handling Deuce Vaughn. Very, very interesting. Um, I, I think he's been amazing to watch, and it, it is interesting, that offense, too. And it just seems like the formula for Kansas State, obviously, I never grew up watching Kansas State, but now that I get to watch them all the time, they just have the same thing. We're going to play good defense. We're going to be the toughest team in the entire league, and we're going to run the ball. So it's a great Didn't formula. Someone, Didn't somebody try to tell you and I in the offseason that DJ Giddens wasn't the backup? Yeah, so, some someone on Twitter or something. But yeah, somebody should tell us that. He's definitely the backup. Like, am I am I crazy? Like, what no, he, I he's the backup, and he's look, he's looked good so far. Yeah. Um, their offensive yeah. line is really good. I mean, their offensive line is doing a really good job. Um, you know, once again, the question is when when will when will push come to shove? Rayry Martinez, it's coming. That day will come. This league is too good not to. But they might be able to go a long time without that happening. Uh, maybe it happens to Norman. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. Um, but I mean, talk about it. It's like, I'm so fired up for that game, Robbie, because like, that's going to be such a good test for both prime time on Fox. That's both these teams have amazing. so many questions that the other team will answer for them, which I think is going to be awesome. Right. I think it's really going to be awesome. What team do you trust more in that game? Obviously we'll, we'll probably recap that game in a or preview it in a week, but what team do you trust more for that? Because Oklahoma has played two games. That- well, I was going to say, can I, can I get, I think let me get a look at them against Nebraska. Now, okay. here's the problem with Nebraska. Their defense sucks. That is an awful defense. That's a really bad defense. Um, I mean, they, they got what 600 yards put on them by Georgia Southern. Yeah. So you're a little, you're a little worried about like, all right, how, I, I guess we're not gonna get the full answer on that. Um, Kansas state, their defense is going to make you, they make you work in every single part of the field. And I haven't been impressed with Oklahoma's offensive line so far. So yeah, I think that's going to be we'll, some, some issues. We'll see. We'll, we'll see on that. Uh, all right, Robbie. Awesome stuff. Where can people find you and all of your work? 
You can listen to us on Sirius XM, Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Josh and I work Big 12 today from 2 to 5 Central. We do a great job in there. We have the best guests, best talking points, whatever, best hosts ever. It's a lot of fun. Follow me on Twitter. I'll be much more active on there now. Yeah, if you guys can't get enough Big 12 coverage, if, Big, if Locked On Big 12 is not enough for you. Yeah, after go, after this show, then you go to our show. Yeah, you can go You can go get a free, and, and start with a free trial. You guys can get a free trial. Check us out. Robbie and I both have segments and whatnot, so go do that. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Find me on Twitter at LOBig12 and at Josh Neighbors underscore. Robbie, as always, we appreciate you, man. See you soon.